the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As much as I'd like to think I would have passed the test of faith that confronted Noah, I'm not so sure I would have. Join us today as Pastor Rander explains how daunting the task God presented to Noah was and how much faith it took to execute God's plan in this message, Noah, a man of faith. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. And Lord, we thank you for this message we're about to preach. We pray, Lord, that you would just use me. And I pray, Father, that people be still and hear and write down truth so their lives will be transformed, saved, revived, renewed. Lord, speak now. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. Turn with us to the book of Genesis, chapter 8, verses 1 through 5, and then verses 13 through 19. Genesis, chapter 8. Eight, the first book in the Bible, verses 1 through 5, and then verses 13 through 19, and there you'll find these words. Then God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the animals that were with him in the ark, and God made a wind to pass over the earth, and the waters subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of heaven were also stopped, and the rain from heaven was restrained, and the waters receded continually from the earth. At the end of the hundred and fifty days, the waters decreased. Then the ark rested in the seventh month, the seventeenth day of the month, on the mountains of Ararat. And the waters decreased continually until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were seen. Verse 13, and it came to pass in the 601st year, in the first month, the first day of the month, that the waters were dried up from the earth, and Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and indeed the surface of the ground was dry. And in the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth was dried Then God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds and cattle and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so that they may abound on the earth. And be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every animal, every creeping thing, every bird, and whatever creeps on the earth, according to their families, went out of the ark. Again, we are preaching on Noah, Noah's great deliverance. 
I posed a question to you, first of all, is how long was Noah in the ark? Noah entered the ark in the 600th year of his life on the 17th day of the second month. In Genesis chapter 7, verse 11 through 13, it says, In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep were broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened, and the rain was on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. And it came to pass in the 601st year, in the first month, the first day of the month, that the waters were dried up from the earth and Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked and indeed the surface of the ground was dry. My friend, Noah left the ark on the 27th day of the second month of the following year. Genesis chapter 8 verses 14 through 16 says, and in the second month on the seventh day of the month, the earth was dried. Then God spoke spoke to Noah saying, go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Therefore, assuming a lunar calendar of 360 days, Noah and his family were in that ark, safe and secure, kept by the power of God for approximately 370 days in that ark with the animals and his family. That's a long time to be cooped up with animals. But I tell you what, I'd rather be be there safe in the arms of Jesus than outside in a raging flood and be swept away in death. Noah's great deliverance in Genesis chapter 8 verse 16, it says, Go out of the ark, you and your family and your sons and your sons' wives with you. After the devastating universal flood, Noah, his family, and the animals aboard the ark were instructed by God to come out. It was very different. It was a very different world when Noah and his family came out of the ark. All of creation had been purged. It was so different. The topography had been drastically altered. People they once knew and had relationship with, they were all swept away if they were not in that ark. Noah's relatives, his his wife's relatives, the families of his son's wives, their aunts, uncles, nephews, cousins, friends, and neighbors were all gone. Noah preached for 120 years about the coming judgment and to get right with God and come aboard the ark. But they mocked him, they ridiculed him, and they would not come. And the rains came. And they, I can just imagine them going to that ark and beating on the ark. Noah, let me in. Noah, let me in. But he couldn't let them in because when that door was shut, God shut that door. God had the key. And they could not get in. And can't you hear the cries of a mama losing her baby, being swept away in the flood, home swept away, all gone. Now here, after being in that ark for about 370 years, God says, okay, it's time to come out. And when Noah and his family and the animal kingdom came out, how different the world looked. In other words, It was the dawning of a new era where Noah and his family had to start all over. 
Allow me to say a few words about starting over. In life, there are times when you have to start over. Sometimes you don't want to start over, but, but life throws you some curse where you can't do nothing but start over. So allow me to say a few words as it relates to that. Noah was on that ark when he stepped off that ark with his family. He could not go back. He could, he, matter of fact, go back where? He didn't know where he was when he stepped off the boat. God fixed it. Number one, that you have to accept the fact that you must start over when you have to start over. There's nothing wrong with starting over. All of us have made a mess and we've had to start over. So all of us have perhaps start. You have flunked a course or certification and you had to start over and go all over again and try to qualify. There are students who have flunked the course and then they had to start over. Genesis chapter 8 verses 15 through 16 says, Then God spoke to Noah saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. When God instructed Noah and his family and the animal kingdom to leave the ark, They had no choice but to start over. It was impossible for them to go back. He was put in a position where he couldn't do nothing but trust God, move forward to the future possibilities of adventuring with God. It was a strange world. And I can imagine that the air was so fresh after a tumultuous stormy flood. When he stepped up there, oh, guess what? He looked around. And there were no people. Can you imagine that? When this family walked out, they looked around to the left, the right, forward, behind that ark, didn't see a soul. Not one animal, not one creeping thing. Everything outside of the ark was swept away in the flood. No people. When he stepped off that ark, He saw no government, he saw no communities, he saw no schools, and he saw no businesses. There was nothing but God, Noah, his family, and the animal kingdom that was aboard the ark with him. Secondly, like Noah, sometimes we don't have a choice about starting over. God puts us in a position, we just have to suck it up, take it, and do what we have to do. The devastating flood destroyed all living things. It destroyed humanity, cattle, creeping things, and the birds of the air. They had nowhere to light light on a tree or anything. They all perished except Noah and his family. The scripture says in Genesis 7.23, So he destroyed all living things which were on the face of the ground, both man and cattle, creeping things, and the birds of the air. They were all swept away. They were destroyed from the earth. Only Noah and those who were with him in the ark, remained alive. My friend, let me just share some words that you're going to need in life. Perhaps you've already had to start over. Perhaps some of you are starting over right now, right where you are. And some of you are about to start over and don't even know it. Many have to start over because of losing everything in the flood, as we see in other places I mean, they had nice homes and set businesses, communities, and establishments. And all of a sudden, everything swept away. You see nothing but the foundation. And guess what? When the water settled down, 
they have to what? Start over. And then on the West Coast, you got the fires and the burning and people not even being, being able to make it out. Some of the people, they, they were retirement homes and they were set for life. It was their dream house. And all of a sudden, here come these raging fires. And they had to start over. Or oh, we see the news where there are tornadoes that hit. And many people say this sounds like a train. And that that wind comes with, with a big uh, rush of wind and it blows everything out of its sight. Turnover trucks and cars, sweep off roofs, knock out houses. And people are looking down the streets for their belonging, having to start over. Some of you have to start over after the death of a spouse or a child or a loved one or a mother or father. Some of you have to start over after an unwanted divorce. You, you loved your husband. You loved your wife. You, you did all you could to keep your marriage. You didn't want it to end the way it did, but it takes two to stay married. And they left you or some of you have been betrayed. And, and all of a sudden, you be, you, there's an indescribable hurt and pain that you can't even describe. And at the end of the day, you had to start over, begin to date again, and enter into a new relationship. Some of you have had to start over by relocating to another city or even another country. Some of you have to start over after a bad decision. You made decisions you wish you could regret, and those decisions uh, caused you to have a tremendous setback, and now you're starting over. Some of you have experienced failure. Just think, God was going to take Noah's small family and repopulate the whole world. The whole world, all the continents. Uh, There are billions of people in the world today. And guess what? They started with Adam and Eve. And when Noah and the human race, that little tiny human race, got on that boat, that ark, That was a tiny family from which God would repopulate the whole world. Think about that. Beloved, God specializes in doing extraordinary things with something that is small. Sometimes you got to say, well, God has to take something big to do something great. God can take small things and do great things. God don't have to work through something big. He can work through something small. As he worked through Noah's small family, he can work through you today. God specializes in doing extraordinary things with something that is small. For example, the scripture says in 1 Samuel 17, David slew the giant Goliath with a small sling and five smooth stones. In 1 Kings 18, God took a small cloud the size of a man's hand and created a huge thunderstorm. In Judges chapter 8, Gideon took a small army of 300 men and defeated 120,000 Midianites with the help of Almighty God. In Matthew chapter 14, Jesus took two fish and little five loaves of bread and fed 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread. Man, two fish, that's not even selling my hunger pains. Even those who don't have much can do great things for God if you live holy. Now, don't ask God to do great things with you if you're living like the devil. 
you're living in sin, you're acting crazy, and you're being a fool. God is not going to use a fool. He's going to use those who obey God, who's holy, and believe that he can do great things through him. I submit to you today, it's not too late for you to look to Jesus and start afresh wherever you are in your life. Thirdly, starting over means you have to accept things you cannot change. Oh, you wish things haven't, had not intruded in your life the way they did, but at the end of the day, it is what it is, and you need to ask the Lord to help you pick up the broken pieces of your life and then move forward. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 through 14 says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You have to accept the things you cannot change. You have to accept the things that you have no control over. And you have to ask God, Lord, here I am. Lord, I didn't realize I find myself in this kind of place. And I'm struggling, God. But I have to first accept it. And then and some of you say when you're going through something beyond your control, Lord, why me? And God is looking at you saying, why not? I want to stretch you. I want to build you. I want to draw you closer to me. I, 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 want, I, I want you mature, and I'm going to use these calamities in your life to get you to the next level in your spiritual walk with Christ. So you have to accept the things you cannot change and move forward. There wasn't a thing Noah could do about his situation. Everything gone but his family. All the, all the animals were gone except those that came off that ark. And he just had to accept life of where he was and move forward. Fourthly, starting over means that life goes on. People die, life goes on. Some of you have been, have been very faithful in this church. And uh, you can be lifted up in pride and think that the church can't go on if you're not here. You just die. The church going to go on. The church has been going on since the day of Pentecost. As a man, yeah, that's right. And, and, and the ministry go on. When I die, this church won't die because the, this is the Lord's church. Jesus is the great head of the church. If this church died when I die, then it's not the church. The church is not built around me. It's built around the centrality of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you die, the church is not going to stop. As a matter of fact, when you die, will, will we have to make any adjustments because you're not here any longer? Or will we not have to do anything because you did nothing during your tenure here at Maranatha? Starting over means that life goes on. In the midst of death of a mother and a child, a husband, parents, siblings, we hurt deeply when our loved ones depart this life. But after we've done our grieving, We have to settle down and say, okay, Lord, here's where we are. Will you help me through this? And God knows where you are. God knows where you are. And God knows how to calm your fears in your hearts and revive you and give you the strength to press on in spite of your circumstances.
listen, in life, in difficulties, in trials, in storms, in calamity, after you've done your crime, there are things that come in your life that's unjust, unfair. There are people who betray you, people who hurt you. You fired unjustly, laid off, the co-workers acting up, the, the supervisors acting a fool, and all that. You find yourself even without a job and being laid out. But listen, after you've done all your crime, go on and cry. It's okay to cry. And after you've done all your moaning and your groaning, then ask God to get his spiritual handkerchief and wipe your face, dry your tears, and look to Jesus and ask him to lift you up out of the pit and start you over again. Let me tell you something. God is God enough to keep you when you're laid off. Anybody here ever been laid off and you saw God supply your needs in spite of being laid off? It, do I have to wave your hand? Just wave your hand if you've been without a job and you gained some weight. <laughs> <laughs> the food kept coming, the light stayed on, the water bill stayed on, the cars kept running. That was nobody but God. Can you say amen? In other words, my friends, the Lord will help those who cry out to him. Father, I stretch my hands to thee. No other help I know. If you withdraw yourself from me, where sh shall I go? Father, if I ever needed you, I need you now. This is bigger than me. But, but So, Lord, uh, uh, I know there were times you can count on me, but I sure count on you right now. And you know God extends his mercy and give you what you don't deserve. Psalms 34, 17 says, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears. But you've got to be righteous. You know what righteous means? The, the root word of righteous is right, which means you have to have a right standing before God. That's right. You, you, a right to be right in your character, right? To be right in your attitude and your integrity and all these things. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Number five, about starting over. Many fear starting over because they love what is familiar. You know what? A lot of people don't want to change and they don't want to leave the neighborhood. And sometimes they want to go back to the hood or wherever you came from. You want to go back to where you... Sometimes God takes you from your family so he can do a new thing with you. Sometimes your family can tie you down. You, sometimes your family can wear you down. And sometimes God dislocates you so he can just let you breathe to start over again. Some of y'all trying to get back home. I'm going to tell you, for, for some of you, you, excuse the English, but you ain't never getting back home. Have you ever gone back to where you've come from and you see people still same old way, same old talk, look bad, and look how God has blessed you, and you say, oh God, I thank you for shipping me out of here. That's right. Loving what is familiar, you get so comfortable that you can't start over and can't move on. Others fear the uncertainty of what the future holds because everything is so different. We like to be around the same people, same things, and just get used to the status quo. You have to let go. Starting over means you have to let go. Say let go. Yeah. Say it again. Yeah. Now, you can't start over holding on to stuff. You got to let go some people, let go some things, let go some habits. That's right. Let go some attitudes. There's some things you got. Your attitude is keeping you from reaching your altitude. 
Hey, God Almighty, you got to you got to let go and let God have those issues. You holding on. Oh, I can't leave this job. I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, I can't do this and I can't. Don't tell God what you can't do. God can do anything but fail, my friend. So you, you, you fear uncertainty of what the future holds because everything will be so different. You have to let go of certain future plans you had and ask God for a new plan and path he has for you now because God has taken you in a way you didn't expect to go. And life throws us those kinds of curves. Ask the Lord to help you dream again when you start over. Starting over, if you're entering on a new marriage or uh, you're starting over with a new family, uh, you're starting over with a new business, a job, or whatever it is, ask God to give you vision and help you dream again. It is not too late to dream and to live in hope and watch God work through you. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And if you get out of God's way and let him uh, work his plan through you, he'll take you to heights unknown and do extraordinary things through you simply because you surrendered your life to him and said, Lord, here am I. Send me. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Whatever you want me to be, I'll be. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say. You have the spirit of Isaiah that says, here am I, send me. Number six, when starting over, ask the Lord for wisdom to make the most of each day and refuse to worry about tomorrow because you have nothing to gain from worry. That's big, you all. When starting over, ask the Lord to give you the wisdom to make the most of this day. Now, don't be in tomorrow. You can't deal with what's coming today. You can't handle today and tomorrow at the same time. You're not God. Only God can handle yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You can just only handle one day at a time. With that being said, refuse to worry about tomorrow because you have nothing to gain from worry. Worry will bring on stress. Some of you are worrying yourself sick. It brings on sickness and depression. Worry will bring on irritability, loss of focus, and even more. Worry will kill you if you let it. Life circumstances uniquely affect people differently, yet God's love, grace, and mercy are limitless. The good news is God's word is uniquely sufficient. He knows what to do in every situation. He made us and he knows us better than we know ourselves. The Bible tells us to trust Him, lean on Him, and to acknowledge Him. Whether it's a success, a setback, or a failure, no matter what it is, God will order our steps when we depend on Him and Him alone to uniquely perform His good and perfect work within us. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. 
Families and friends, join the entire Maranatha Bible Church family for food, fun, prizes, and fellowship at its 2022 Hallelujah Fun Festival on Saturday, October 29th from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. on the Maranatha grounds. Fun activities for all ages include photo booths, ball pits, moon bounces, pony rides, petting zoo, pumpkin hunt, s'mores, cakewalk, and so much more. See you on the 29th at 11 a.m. Please join the Maranatha Bible Church family on Sunday, November 13th at 10 a.m. as we celebrate our annual Military Appreciation Day to recognize and thank veterans, all branches of the military, and their families for their self-sacrificing service and selfless determination to uphold the United States of America as the land of the free and the home of the brave. Worship with us as we honor these individuals, countless of whom paid the ultimate price for our freedom. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.